Welcome, everyone. This is PlantTherapy.Live coming at you this week and live once again. My name is Ray. And I am Pache. And we are live on YouTube and Twitch. Just visit us at uh, PlantTherapy.Live for our links to our recordings after the show. Welcome to everyone joining us tonight, both live and recorded. Head on over to Facebook and search Plant Therapy Live and smash that like button. Let's go. We're having uh, such a good time with this project. What do you think, Pache? I'm loving it. It's uh, it's keeping me busy, keeping me out of trouble, and uh, yeah, it's uh, therapy is right. Like it's uh, it's fantastic. You know, you enter the garden, you sort of leave everything, all the stresses of the day behind, and yeah, I love it, man. Yeah, and it's nice to see our listener uh, base grow, and we can see uh, you all out there listening to our old episodes as well. Uh, That's when you know people really like the content. Uh, We had two of our biggest days this week, Pache, Wednesday and Thursday. Do tell. Yeah, just uh, two busiest days for for downloads, which I thought was, uh, was a nice milestone. So we'll keep eyes on those milestones. But uh, I am uh, glad that our content uh, is being received worldwide. And it's been fun getting together with you and having our laughs and doing this show, for sure. I've learned a lot about you, uh, Pache, and, you know, doing this has uh, pushed me to learn some technical abilities as well you're in the halifax regional area pache i am indeed and you are in cape breton one of the best islands on the planet yeah so we get together remotely each week when when we do this and uh you know and it's live so being able to get the know-how to kind of pull all this off and now we have a live feed so that's right that's pretty Uh, awesome by the way yeah, last week you asked for it, uh, and we got it figured out this past week. So on our website now, when we're not on the show, uh, we are live in my 4x4 tent, uh, the flowering tent, so you can stop in at any time and have a look and see what's kind of happen, happening uh, in there. But this kind of spurred a bigger conversation uh, between you and I, Pache, this week, uh, and kind of, you know, this little bit of a different direction, but you have a camera as uh, as well now i hear yeah so i have a camera a high def camera that i am going to try hooking up and seeing if i can get a live feed from my uh, grow as well and uh and if we can get that hooked up we'll put that up on the website as well and that way you can at any time check out our grows and uh see how things are going yeah so this is going to be kind of cool once you get it on your desktop i'll get it on the web uh, and we'll go from there. So we'll be able to share both of our feeds on the website so our, our uh, listeners can kind of come along on our journeys, uh, have 24-7 access uh, to that content. We'll, we'll just we'll see how it goes. I mean, we had uh, up to 50 people popping in to have a look uh, over the past week on, on Twitch, which I thought was kind of uh, interesting. That's so, very cool. 
yeah so um but kind of unique right the big win really is uh you know our listeners can tune in each week and listen to our content and then they can look at our live feeds on the websites uh and share and learn and come along so uh very interested to see how this is kind of gonna pan out um not two places you can go for content like this and that kind of makes us uh, start to stand out to be a little bit uh, more unique pache as i look at the long term so i think so um yeah so anyway the key here is to just go to planttherapy.live because it's all here it's all fresh and it's all for you you get it all at planttherapy.live pache your update this week i'm so excited to hear about the results of your mainlining now that that's kind of been complete Um, oh man it's so close it is so 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 close so i am in week 14 this is a long veg um, but I've planned, I've budgeted for 15 weeks and I am halfway through week 14. So things are just rolling right along. Um, everything is on track. Um, today was a big day in the, in the tent. I, I lifted the tent, um, or lifted the tent. I lifted the, uh, the trellis net and I had to sort of move things around. I, I did a bit of a cleanup, uh, in the tent, sort of preparing for the, the flowering stage, um, and, and what I've done is I had to sort of lower the plants and, um, rearrange them, spin them around. Some of them were growing higher in the center. So I've spun them around. So, uh, the high spots are sort of in the corners now, um, and the lower spots are now in the center. So I'll, I'll give that another week or two and hopefully the canopy will sort of even itself out, um, just in time for me to switch everything to, uh, to flower. So it was a busy I will day. give you a kudos. I, I will give you a kudos too, though, uh, on the way you train <laughs> with your scrub because you make it look so beautiful. I mean, I don't even go when I'm using a, a, a scrub. I don't even go that uh, you know in depth. So you know, great job because those photos you snapped on that first scrub, everything was just so uniform and unique, right? So well, great job, and, kudos on that. And it, it sort of takes a lot to do at the beginning, but once you sort of have the base down, the maintenance is is pretty easy. So. Um, <clears throat> It didn't take very long at all to, once I got everything spun around and placed where I wanted to be, um, it was no problem to lower the net again. And because the, the plants are already trained to be grow as wide as possible, uh, I just dropped them down, dropped the net down and uh, did a little bit of low stress training, just sort of pulling things back the way they were. And, um, yeah. And today was a watering day as well. So I, I um, I'm 95% finished my watering for the day. I had, uh, I managed to get runoff of three of my four plants and, um, you know, I was trying, I've been trying to get my runoff up, uh, sorry, the pH level of my runoff up. And, uh, so out of the three plants I've measured, I have, um, a 6.1, a 6.1 and a 6.4. And I started off with a, um, pH of 6.9. So now that things are, dial in perfectly for the runoff i can now uh, for my next feedings because i've been staying at that 6.9 level until the the runoff ph is up and now that it is i can now start to vary 
the pH that I'm I'm providing the plants. And my next runoff will probably be a 6.3. You know, just so I can start to um, have those nutrients uptake um, at at different pH levels. So, yeah, and uh, I also sort of repositioned my lights. And now I'm getting ready to... um, include my exhaust fan my ac infinity infinity exhaust fan i'm getting that hooked up um in the next week and uh yeah so everything is all in preparation for uh flipping that switch in uh, in a week and a half nice you know it's uh and you actually showed me a couple of pictures uh of what your your scrognet was starting to look like there so um, kudos to you can't wait to see this develop hopefully we'll get you connected uh, with your tent because uh, I'd love to be able to peek in and keep an eye on that one too well, it's been interesting because something that when I was doing my research for this um, this strain this purple kush strain um, my research was telling me that um, the, the strain enjoyed or preferred maybe a bit cooler temperatures as opposed to warmer um, and it could also handle a bit drier humidity and so that's where I was sort of starting out, um, keeping the environment. But um, I, I just, a- after watching the plants every single day, you sort of get to know the the plant. And I started to notice that there is a bit of a sweet spot. And, you know, between 74 and 76 degrees Fahrenheit and a, a humidity of 60 to 65%, which is pretty much, I, I think it's very average, Um you know the the plant really seems to visually respond you know the um it's standing up at attention and it's doing that v for victory sign um yep. and it it looks like it's happy um yeah i love the v for victory that's uh, you know you, when you see that though right that's just basically what it means oh and it's exciting you know and it's cool that I'm sort of, sort of able to tell that when the plants are having good days and when they're bad days because a year ago I I didn't know I didn't know the parts of the plant let alone what was going you know how to feed them or how to take care of them um, and now it's uh, everything just feels like it's dialed in I, you know there's not really any stresses um, with my growing on this third grow and surprisingly uh, I'm still smoking the white widow uh, from my second grow. And uh, mm-hmm. I'm not bored with it yet. It's still very tasty. It's still um, hard hitting, and um, you know, which is good because I still have a, a few more months before the purple cush is going to be uh, is going to be ready. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Well, glad to get that uh, that update. Myself personally, um, powdery mildew alert. The devil's pixie no. dust is back. No. No. Yeah. So, you know, and I caught it on the live feed, of course, right? I was watching the live feed, all proud as a peacock, having a look at it and on the Twitch feed. And sure enough, I was like, is that powdering mildew? Man. And then, uh, yeah, so today I basically had to pull off about, you know, 25, 35 leaves in that range, you know, that were starting to show first sign. So, um Right, you just what do you do, right? Uh. At, at this stage, right? Um, I did take uh, a solution that I had. It was just another agricultural powdery mildew stuff. I just put a little bit on a on a 
uh, sponge and treated some of the larger leaves with it just to preventatively. I just don't want it to set in, you know, so fast. Usually when you start to get it, it, it comes on pretty quick. So um, it started with a couple of leaves now. It's multiplied. Now we'll, we'll see what this week uh, holds. But we'll still finish and we'll we'll, we'll get there and keep everybody uh, updated. Uh, it's just, it's a bitch in my situation for some reason. I am stuck with it for the past uh, couple of grows. Um, just, and it hits you out of nowhere, right? And it's not an environmental thing. Uh, you know, this time around, I kept my, kept my humidity very low and, uh, the neem oil held it off, right? Yeah. The neem oil did hold it off, but after a couple of weeks into flowering, the flowers start to show, mm. right? So it's been three weeks since my flower started. So it's been three weeks since the last treatment of the neem oil. Right. Um, and right. And this is why we pay attention <laughs> and, and learn from the plant right now. I know that I have to come up with, uh, a three-week plan or some sort of booster plan or something for the leaves only even though it's a, a lot of work you know we'll see but for now i just remove those that were infected and we'll see how this goes uh, i did make another adjustment this time i turned my air suction down uh hoping to kind of increase the temperature in the tent and i'm going to see if i can maybe tackle it that way right um you know it's a fine line right because it's like you raise the temperature then all of a sudden you, your reservoirs that your your plants are sitting in all of a sudden that temperature starts to rise now you're in the window of where you could potentially get root rot right mm. so it's like well, that's why you got to keep a close eye on everything but we'll we'll keep everybody uh you know posted uh, a, as we go um but in the commercial um grow that that i'm working in as well we did cut uh, 72 clones this week uh, and we installed a second layer of scrognet in uh, four rows in a large flowering room but yeah 72 clones nice and uh yeah this is kind this kind of lines up with what we wanted to talk about uh, tonight anyway pache um you were online looking at some of the questions and it's um, time for question of the week. <laughs> What's the Webernet saying this week, Pache? Yeah, so people are wondering, um, you know, where to get their seeds, um, where to resource their plants, um, you know, through, whether it's through um, ordering seeds online or buying seeds locally or getting cuttings or clones. Um, and a lot of people are talking about pheno hunting, you know, which is sort of, um, you know, searching out um, plants with the characteristics that you like. Um, and then you're also going to give us a little bit of a, an, an update on some breeding and harvesting. Is that correct? Hmm, yeah, we, we're going to kind of get into um, all kinds of little things, right? Like seed, getting seeds is one thing, right? But how, how do they make them? You know, is kind of another question I'd like to answer and give everybody an idea of that. And how do they feminize seeds? That's right? uh, Yeah, so I, I'm interested <laughs> in hearing I'm, about that part. Yeah. Because I only buy feminized you know, seeds. Yeah, and I've been dangling you along kind of with, with that one. So I, I do. Th there's lots of things I want to, um, you know, I, I really want to touch on. Um, but feminized seeds, yeah, I've been keeping you kind of dangling. Um, but 
few points on um, seeds that I did want to kind of talk about uh, and just uh, about clones before we get into feminized seeds because mm-hmm. I did actually buy, I, I bought the mint chocolate chip on one of the grow forms. Okay. You know, and it was a, it, you know, I bought four and only one was alive by the, by the time it made it to me, but that was enough. And it was just due to shipping, not due to this guy's fault. The, 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 the box was destroyed, but you can get good genetics that way and you can you know if if you pay close attention and if the person that you're getting it from you know is posting good pictures and you know they look like they have a clean setup and stuff like that mm-hmm. you can get yourself off to a really good start right by getting something you 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 might be getting a strain that represents 3 or 4 years of this guy's work right absolutely popping seeds popping seeds and getting different genetics and and he finally finds you know a plant or two different phenotypes that that really are home run winners right um so i just want want to point you know that kind of stuff out um but yeah um feminized seeds so really when when they make a feminized seed most of, you can use other things to do this as well but the most commonly used is uh colloidal silver so what they do is is they they take a, a female plant that they want to that has the characteristics right it's a banger it has great you know uh you know dials in at 33 percent and uh you know you get a, a half pound per plant it's just a gem right um so lost my train of thought there Pache, because uh, <laughs> i had taken those uh those capsules but so what, what they do is they take two clones of that plant right. so they have two to work with and they take colloidal silver and they put this colloidal silver on one of the clones and what it does is it forces the um the stems to to turn male to actually turn male so they only start mm-hmm. to exhibit male behavior from the time they come in contact with the colloidal silver Okay. okay. So 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 they've basically taken this female plant now and and due to a chemical they've changed it into a male. So then they let that male pollinate the female. Okay. Okay. And that's how they do it. Hmm. So those seeds are feminized seeds. There's other ways you can get feminized seeds too. That's not just the only way, right? Um if if uh if a plant if s- some genetics if they get stressed they'll um hermaphrodite and a lot of the times those are all female seeds as well but that's the main way that they get seeds the breeders can assure you that they're that they're um, uh, female is by actually doing that so uh, i thought that was kind of interesting and uh, i'm sure a lot of people um don't know this but you can't smoke this stuff right this colloidal silver like you literally got a discard after that male pops its pollen sacs and does its pollinating you have to remove that from the grow room like you can't make any products with that gotcha. um, it's already done it's you know, its purpose is served <laughs> yeah oh yeah absolutely um you can use it to, uh, up to f- i think four weeks into flowering too i think is what uh what i read on that so, so something kind of interesting you don't have to do it right away you can wait until it's it, it's a few weeks into flowering to save yourself some time i guess cool. but um yeah but also too i thought w- w- one other thing was interesting uh, fun fact if you will right a female if you leave a female outside to over mature right and if and it 
that plant itself as part of its defense mechanism if it didn't get pollinated it'll pollinate itself and when it does that those seeds as well are feminized Ah, okay cool very very interesting yeah all kinds of stuff like and i'd love to learn more about breeding and stuff like that me too it sounds complicated but exciting we're only scratching the surface and i mean with with regards to breeding i can only help everybody scratch the surface to it right we'll have to learn all this together as we move forward because there's lots of things that i do not know about breeding um but definitely an area uh, of focus myself um but pache i know you were going to kind of talk about the seeds and you were going to talk about um you know how you get a good germination rate with the seeds absolutely Um, and what's kind of been working right because getting the seeds is one thing but making sure that you give that seed the best chance at success is uh another thing so absolutely why don't you go ahead on that and uh so where i i start with where i i get my seeds and i buy my seeds online and um so anybody that's you know following us on youtube i have uh the website up on the screen now let's yeah, let's remind everybody, too, that we're not sponsored <laughs> in any way by anybody, uh, you know, on plant therapy. This is just, these are sites that we've used, right? These are our personal experiences, and that's all we're going to give you, which is the the real deal here. This is not a sponsorship in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, and so when I talk good about something, it's, it's genuine, and, um, it, you know, I've only bought from torontocannabisseeds.com and um, it's it's been great you know i get uh, free seeds with every order um, i buy them in packs of 5 and i get three free seeds every time and you know so it's it's been great uh, um, you know i accept due to, due to the limitations of how many plants i'm allowed to have i don't get to grow um, all the, the seeds that i have but if I wanted to, I could stop buying seeds right now and I'd be good for probably another year. Um, and they have a really wide selection. You know, they have feminized seeds, autoflowers, uh, CBD. They've got uh, mixed packs. Um, so I really, I really ch- recommend this website. And uh, so go check it out, torontocannabisseeds.com. Uh, they're not a sponsor, like Ray said. Uh, I just happen to really, really like them. So that is where I get my seeds. And now what I do with them, because the germination rate um, is almost 100%. You know, there's only really been one time that any of the seeds that I got, you know, they um, they grew the first set of leaves, but that was it. And, um, and that's only happened once out of um, 10 seeds. So uh, it's at least 90%. That germination rate and so what i do is i start off by taking some fine grit sandpaper and rolling it up into sort of like a tube um so if you picture like a, a thin paper towel uh, tube or toilet paper roll and i put uh, the seed uh, or the seeds inside and i sort of give them a little shake and it sort of scuffs up the uh, the shell a little bit and so the idea here is the um, that should allow for faster water absorption. Um, and then what I do is once I see the scuff marks on the the shells, I will fill up a shot glass of room temperature tap water, and uh, I'll drop the seeds just right in, and they'll sort of float there on the top. And uh, I'll leave them 
in a dark, warm spot, and so I put them in my furnace room um, because the temperature in the furnace room is about 80 to 90 degrees Fahrenheit, um, which is exactly where I want it to be, except the, um, the humidity is a bit dry. So what I have to do is take a large Ziploc bag, uh, spray some water on the inside, and uh, turn it upside down and put it over like a dome, and then I'll poke some holes in so to allow some uh, fresh air to uh to sort of get inside and anyway yeah so that's uh i i put them in there and i'll set the expectation of 12 to 48 hours uh but from my experience you know after 12 hours i'll come in uh, and i'll give them a check and sometimes a couple of them will have sunk to the bottom which means uh, they're ready and uh I might take my finger, maybe give them a little tap, and uh, sometimes they'll, with a little help, they'll they will sink to the bottom. Um, if they're not ready, then I'll just continue to cover them. Um, then I check back about every six hours after that, um, and I think the longest I've gone is maybe eighteen or twenty hours before they've all been sort of sink uh, sank to the bottom. Then once that happens, I move on to the next stage uh, and I sort of pour, um, well, first I take a, a plate, like a dinner plate, and I put a couple of pieces of paper towel on the dinner plate. And then I take the shot glass with the water in it, uh, and the water is holding the seeds, and I just dump it right onto the paper towel. The water will go everywhere. Yep. This is kind of what I do. Starting here is kind of where the paper towel <laughs> where method. my method yeah, paper towel method is where. Yeah, and, yeah, and it works uh, fantastic. Um, you know, I, I see a lot of people; they just put it right in the sea, right in the soil, and I'm, you know, sure that's fine. It's worked for uh, thousands of years, uh, but I think this is just—it's uh, all about just trying to get that germination rate, you know, to as close to 100 percent as you possibly can. Um, yeah, and so once it's on the paper towel. Um, I will then sort of fold the paper towel over on top of itself so the um, the wet seeds are covered. Uh, I will then tip the plate so the excess water is then removed. Um, and then it's ready to go back into the dark and, and the warmth. And I, On top of the furnace. It, well, I, I put it back into the <laughs> furnace room and I've got a little shelf in there. And, um, you know, I cover it. And uh, and I keep that big large Ziploc bag, and I um, it's I spray it on the inside so it's nice and humid, and um, so I will leave it there for um, a day or two, usually like twelve to forty eight hours. Um, and now for me, the tap roots seem to appear after about twelve hours. Um, that's you know I'll check twelve hours, and then every six hours after that. Um, but at the 12 hour mark, the taproot isn't quite large enough. And, but around the 18 hour mark, I, I've got a taproot of about a quarter inch. And for me, that's, that's good enough. And, uh, I'll start moving it on to the next step and that's planting the seed. And then that's where we're get, getting into the solo cups, which I'm a big fan of. And do you use solo cups? No. Okay. No. Um, so oh. what I'll do is I'll just grab uh, solo cups that you know you would get uh, at any party supply store. And um, so this is going to be the plant's home for the next two to three weeks. And I start by burning some uh, drainage holes, four drainage holes, in the bottom of the cups with a lighter. 
And I do this by just holding the cup upside down with one hand and slowly bring the flame to the bottom edge of the cup with my other hand. And when the flame gets... Do you ever see the Solo Cup Solo Cup Challenge? The Solo Cup Challenge? No. you never seen the Solo Cup Challenges? People flower in a cannabis plant in a Solo Cup? Uh, no. I, I mean, I've seen it where people have flowered after a week or two of veg. Um, so I don't know if that's similar. <laughs> It's called the Solo Cup Challenge. So if you use that as your search term, you, you'll see a lot of different people taking the challenge to see what kind of weight they could get out of a cannabis plant that was flowered in a Solo Cup. Hmm. Check it out. Just wanted to throw it out there for, hmm. for you. Maybe I will. Well, I, I'll, if, I, if I can just remember, you might have to send me a reminder. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, we know how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. So once I get um, four holes melted into the bottom of the cup, um, which is going to be lar- those holes need to be large enough to allow water to escape. Um, and in two to three weeks, you may also see some signs of uh, roots coming out of those holes, uh, which will help you determine when to transplant and uh, pot up your um, your flower pot. And then now, once the drainage is taken care of, I fill the cup, uh, the soil cup, with soil, and I layer it with uh, root crack. Um, I can't remember what it's called. Um, Mitochondria, not mitochondria, <laughs> scientific term. Um, yeah, it, it's escaping me right now. But it's just this powder that um, you, you just sort of dust in the soil, and uh, it really helps the roots uh, grow. Um, and anytime you're playing around with seeds, too, it, it's always a good hand, a, a good uh, habit to wash your hands, right? Especially for anybody that smokes cigarettes out there, you, your the nicotine can get on your fingers. And can uh, can actually cause your seeds. I just wanted to throw that out there. Hmm. Never, never, never thought of that. Um, yeah. So after I uh, fill up the solo cup with soil and layered it with sort of that that root crack, I moisten the um, the plant a little bit before I actually plant the seed. Um, and then once it's ready to go, I'll t- just take a golf tee and I'll just make a little shallow hole big enough for the tap root and the seed. Um, then I'll just gently place it in. I'll try to get the taproot, you know, facing down. Um, and then I just lightly cover it with a little bit of soil, not heavy at all. And uh, I'll sort of give it a little bit of a, a very light mist. And uh, I'll wrap then saran wrap over the top with a, and I'll keep that in place with an elastic. And I'll poke a few air holes uh, into the saran wrap. And then back into the, the warm, dark furnace room. Um, and then I'll check it, you know, maybe every eight hours. And then once I see the seedling poking through, uh, then it's time to get the saran wrap off and give it the air it deserves. And then it's off to the, uh, to the light source and then the growing begins. And that's when I sort of go to my, um, to my spreadsheet and that's, uh, that's day one for me. And then I start watering using the paper towel method where I just sort of dip the paper towel in the shot cl- in a shot glass of water and I just squeeze it, you know, where I want it to go. That way I, I don't overwater my, uh, my seedling. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, and those are really good tips, right? You want to keep it moist, but yet still encourage that uh, taproot to, to reach out so you can get a good base for the start of the plant. Um, there's no way to tell the gender of a seed. Yeah, I, you had a very interesting little trick that I, uh, I thought was 
pretty cool and, and something I never thought of before. Um, yeah, so wanting to give our listeners a little uh, little rundown. What was the trick? I don't remember the trick. Uh, you said you switched them to flower and then back to veg. Oh, yeah, well, definitely, yeah. If you want a sex a plant, that's right. If you want a sex a plant, because there's no way to tell the gender of a seed. There's a chart online that says you can tell the gender of a seed by looking at the base of it, but it's actually not true. It's like an internet hoax, if you will. And we're going to talk the more internet about that in another, yeah, in another episode. We'll, we'll, we'll touch on that, but um, if you have say a bunch of different seeds and you, you know maybe you're going to grow 20 and you got uh you you want to know you only got room for 12 and you want to know what your female to male ratio is because maybe they're not feminized seeds you can you know flower them right away and they'll show their sex like right after a week of, a week of it like as soon as they're so they're still in the know, solo, solo cups let's say two weeks have gone by they're still in the solo cups yep. all of a sudden you switch yep. the light um to 12 hours yep. of darkness yep and then the pistols will start to form or the pollen right. sacks will start to form right exactly then you identify and then you can flip them back to 24 uh, 24 uh straight uh light or 18 and 6 whatever the case may be but yeah, and then they can resume their veg, and you've called them out. You've called the males out, so just a little bit of a, hmm. a of a trick. Now, another tip too, right? Another tip too. Males usually like shoot up taller than a, than a female plant does. You'll notice that. Oh, really? Oh. oh, over time, yeah. A lot of the time, males will shoot right up tall, and uh, yeah, they just they look more like a cannabis tree instead of a, a plant right females will tend to be bushier by by comparison Ooh, that's interesting um yeah but uh males right you know we're going to talk a little bit uh in in a few minutes about pollination and kind of how that takes place right but uh after um after, for males after flowering is initiated they grow little sacks that look like bananas um a lo- lot of us know that already but there may be some new listeners that uh you know are just coming on board so we might as well make that uh known um for the female plants they start to show pistols which which are little hairs but uh, as the plant matures the sacs will swell up and if those little sacs are left to pop open they'll pop open and release pollen into the air and that pollen can travel miles outdoors um or can attach to like bees uh and uh land you know way <laughs> it's a good way to way uh, make away. your neighbors that are also growing outdoors uh very unhappy with you it's funny you say that because one male plant left unattended uh, unattended can uh, pollinate every female in a several several mile radius so imagine what that could do indoors right uh, once the pollen lands on a female flower the flower is pollinated so we'll get to that uh, more in a few minutes what i wanted to kind of do to keep the flow going kind of you know properly was talk about clones and cuttings right because if you're gonna utilize the two-tenth system like we kind of like i do and like you kind of do pache um i gotta wait know, from getting back to it <laughs> using seeds all the time is not 
always everybody's long-term solution, right? Sometimes you get a strain that's really good and you want to grow that out for six months or, you know, a year or whatever. It's just a really good medicine for you if you're using it medicinally or just for you, it's a really good, you know, cannabis that it's perfect for your creativity or perfect for your sleep you might just find that real winner and, right? and actually and before you get into cuttings and clonings that you're because you're just you're nailing pheno hunting um like that's mm-hmm. exactly what you're talking about and and that's you know to our listeners that's when you're looking for characteristics of a plant that you personally like you know maybe it's the structure of the plant you know maybe uh you prefer a plant that is short and stocky and bushy um, maybe you prefer one that has certain genetics where they're, it's resistant to pests or mold. Um, or, or maybe it's a, a leaf bud ratio. Uh, perhaps it's mm-hmm. the flavor or the taste. Um, exactly. Or, or just the buzz. Terpene profile. Absolutely. Um, so it, right. I didn't mean to jump in there, but yeah, you were just nailing the, yeah, the phenol no. hunting perfectly. Uh, Right, and absolutely, right? So it happens, right? You're growing along, you're growing along, and then all of a sudden you get that one that you just love. And so this brings up kind of multiple points, right? Because I think everybody has it happen. Maybe you get a seed online, and you pop the seed, and it ends up being a winner. Now you've got nothing, and you're in flowering, right? So there's a couple of things you can do at at that point. You can take a clone from a plant that's flowering. It's actually a technique called monster cropping that we talked about uh, on other episodes. But monster cropping is taking a cutting and uh, uh, rooting a cutting that was taken from a cannabis plant in flowering. And uh, monster cropped cannabis plants start with like 7, 8, 12 different branches. They just all come out and they go in all different directions. And it can kind of start you off with like... If, if you did this properly, Pache, it would probably take the place of mainlining because your starting point is you're starting with so many different branches to begin with anyway. You wouldn't have to top to get them to branch out. At so the top. an interesting thing, because that happened with my second grow, Thelma and Louise, where Thelma self-topped and she, instead of having the stem split into two stems, it split into, I think, six and mm-hmm. it can happen it was incredible yeah. and i was very excited but mm-hmm. it didn't have the yield it that the, hap- uh, the other one did no because you can only you can only go so far right the root system is proportional to the upper mass it, that's right? what i found out that the, i ended up with six yeah. smaller uh, stocks as opposed to two larger stocks that were able to you know move those nutrients exactly but let, let's not kind of get sidetracked um so say you know say um you you've completed flowering you know that this plant's a winner or you're five weeks in and you know it's a winner four weeks in you can take a cutting and you can uh you can root that now it does take a little bit of extra care um and if you're three weeks into flowering or five weeks into flowering you may have to wait three or four weeks to come out before that plant actually roots, right? There could be a period. Sometimes they go to the brink of death before, you know, they actually root. But you can save your plant that way. And then once you, once you, uh, you know, g- get the plant, you can clone it multiple times from there. You can also re-veg them, right? You can harvest the plant. And as long as you leave at least one fan leaf on the plant, 
you can put it under 24 hours of light and within a couple of weeks you'll start to see all kinds of new growth just shoot out of the plant yeah i found that's very interesting i've seen a few uh, people do that online and very very cool Mm -hmm. so this kind of is a testament to like if you have a friend that is into growing or if you are in a grow group online and there's somebody that you relatively trust you know you can get a lot of the hard work done and you can get yourself a plant that you already know is a winner and as soon as you get that plant you can clone it three times and then you can get your four or you can clone it eight times and get your eight you know whatever the case may be um and then what's nice about doing this and what's nice about cloning and having replications of the same plant is then you can get into providing you know one blanket of care to the entire crop instead of having one plant that's finicky for this and one plant that's finicky for that right then you have to start keeping track of all kinds of different things going on and it can make the time that you're spending looking after the plants increase because you got to start to make different combinations of things to satisfy different plants right so that's one good thing well several good things about clones um but for myself clones i get it over a 90 percent success rate uh with clones you know it uh, clones is a patience thing right uh i get it you know you're you're excited especially cloning for the very first time but a lot of the time when you're unsuccessful in the beginning with cloning it's because you jumped the gun on something <laughs> which uh which kind of happens quite a bit but um uh, you know for cloning you have to take your cuttings first uh so i'll usually ph water to uh, 6.5 and then i'll fill up a glass or like a mason jar and i'll take the cuttings from the bottom first and i'll work my way up the plant um and then i'll i'll do the tops as well to be honest with you I, in the beginning years ago i always used to avoid the tops but I, i've come to find out over the years that if you clone from the top you're getting a more vigorous clone hmm. because the growth at the top of the plant is more vigorous yeah and it was something i avoided in the beginning and then i was forced to have to take clones from the top of a plant and then i was blown away and i was like well you know that's something that you kind of learn over the years um a little bit but uh when i cut my cutting i'll go to um just just above the third node if you're counting from the top Mm -hmm. down uh and i'll usually use like a sterile razor blade or a sterile you know friscus needle nose snips right whatever you have access to you can use but uh they um I'll get my rock wall or my, my peat pucks, uh, whatever I'm using, and I'll usually make a bigger hole with a toothpick in the top of each one first and kind of wiggle it open. So I, because when I dip my, um, my, my cutting into a rooting gel and then into a rooting uh, powder, when I'm putting them into the, to the rock wall cube, I want to make sure that it doesn't get knocked off, Right so i widen the hole so when i go to put that stem down into the hole in the rock wall cube all of that good stuff can go with right, it makes sense that's right. a good little tip pro tip yeah it's a pro tip for sure 100 <laughs> percent. um but uh the, you know there's a trick to it too right um you can help facilitate a better you know a, a better um cloning success by when you're taking your your um your cuttings you can actually take the fan leaf um from the second node and you can pull the fan leaf down and it'll take like a layer of skin 
You can do it on both sides. It'll take a layer of skin with it as you pull it down and away from the uh, from the cutting stem. And when you do that, you're peeling away that, that, that layer of skin that is hard for the new root to penetrate, right? So, in, and to help support that, I'll take that, that cutting and I'll... I'll use a razor blade to to basically skim away <laughs> all of the skin. And there's a white core in the center of the cannabis stem. Once you expose that white core, I'll expose it on one side. Then I'll flip it around and I'll go up a little bit and I'll expose it above the other one up a little bit. And then I'll do the same thing. That's when I, I dip it into the, uh, in, into the gel and then into the powder and put it in. Hmm and cool. you know once it, once they're in i just you know press down around the base and kind of tighten it up a little bit down around the base so the light can't get down into the hole and uh i'll go ahead and give everything a spray of water and i'll spray the inside um of the of the the cloning chamber the dome tray i'll get that moist all on the inside and put the uh put everything together and you can do this in cold environments too like you can do it in a basement you just get one of those gecko pads the heating gecko pads yeah project. i've seen them you must have seen heard of them mm-hmm. before yeah you just go go ahead and set that up and put your your um, your cloning tray on top of that and it keeps everything nice and uh warm and you know for the most part i'll leave them for a week i won't take that lid off for about a week right a lot of people are three times a day taking the lid off mist and taking the lid off mist and you know the plants don't have roots so they're not respirating and they're not transpiring or anything so if there's if you put moisture in there there's no point in opening the lid and letting that moist air out so you're actually hurting it so i think that's where a lot of people get into trouble right they want to check on them they want to make sure they want to make sure they squirt them and then they squirt them squirt them squirt them and just the process alone of disrupting them gives them a lower chance and they don't need like a lot of light all they need to know is that there's a light on right so that could be a little fluorescent light that's you know a couple of feet uh, in the air or whatever the case maybe it doesn't have to be anything fancy until they grow roots right they just need to know that it's there what were you, what were you going to say there Pachi? no nothing i was just listening intently Oh, I got your intent listening now. You do. Well, when it comes to uh, (laughs) quality and growing, um, yeah, you definitely have uh, my attention. (laughs) Uh, And after a week, I start to open up the vents at the top of the cloning tray. Um, Then, you know, that I'll start to open them more every couple of days. And after that, you know, uh, over 90% of the clones uh, are are there. Now, Ray, Um, do you open those vents um, to sort of harden the the plants a little bit sort of getting them ready to be exposed to the normal outside air almost like people almost uh, like gardeners harden yeah. um you know when you get plants ready in Pretty the springtime and you bring them out a little bit and expose them to the day yeah. you know at that point in my head i'm saying those plants got tiny little roots now and the tiny little roots are starting their journey right so the plants starting to respirate a little bit so at that point, I'm going to open up those vents and make sure that the ale, the, the the air doesn't get stale at that point because kind of keep that flowing, right? So they can get some fresh air for the start of of that journey. That's what I'm thinking in my head, and I'm, you know, whether I'm right on that, I'm not 100 percent sure, but that's where what we read, and that's the way, that's what works. Sounds so. good. Hmm. 
So, yeah, but we pretty much touched a a little bit on veto hunting. You know, that was... um, And you never, ever did watch that uh, Strain Hunters, did you there, Pache? No, uh, it's been a really, really busy week, a lot busier than it ordinarily is. And uh, also, the... After the solstice, you know, you start getting the property ready and prepared for winter. So I've been taking care of the outs- outdoor garden, which is actually a lot of um, just flowers and plants that we have around the property. So that's that's been getting my attention uh, this the past week. Okay, yeah. Um, f- well, you know, um, this strain hunters, basically what they do, um, there is, I think six or eight different land original land race strains these are the naturally occurring cannabis in the world and they went around and basically went to all these different locations and got cuttings and 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 seeds and they brought all this stuff back to their breeding areas so they could start to kind of work with with those original genetics and that's where a lot of the stuff comes from right this is where all this stuff comes from comes from actually is the original land race strains and and those phenos those phenotypes that were standing out as having better characteristics more thc more cbd gained a little more weight it was a little bit taller was a little bit bushier as those seeds got popped over the years those 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 um smaller plants that exhibited the traits were selected over time because they were better and better and better and they became part of the new seeds and the new batch and the new generation and now all of a sudden we have purple cushion white widows and all these other offspring offsprings right it's kind of crazy um to think about it right um that's why i say with breeding it's something i want to kind of look at doing in the future i love it it's uh, most people don't do it at home right um, because it's done in a larger setting and um, they pop a lot of different seeds so they can get a full diversity right of the seeds that they crack and pop so um, you can have or you pretty much have to have a master eye uh, with this stuff because it's not I- identifying all of the cannabis traits uh, either there could be 10,000 different combinations if you were crossbreeding four male plants and four female plants um, 25% of the of the offspring show father dominant traits and 25% show mother dominant traits and 50% show hybrid dominant traits of the pool of the generation of seeds that's popped so they want to make sure that they pop a lot of seeds so they can see a full display of all of the different trait options in that batch do you know what i'm saying imagine if they taught genetics in high school this way Mm -hmm. like oh my here's here's something else crazy that i learned here's something else crazy that i learned so the the seed itself carries the, all of the genetic code that it needs to to become a plant and everything right and you could take two like identical clones say to which are two identical replicas of one mm-hmm. another and you can grow one indoors and one outdoors and and they are they become different phenotypes because they display different characteristics based upon their environment right. yeah right which is crazy when you think about it. Well, that's like the uh, twin astronaut with, that went into space. Um, you know, identical physically as the brother, but came back and because of his environment, had very different experiences, and it showed I in the physicality. Yeah, 
you know so that's just uh, very interesting um but if you another thing i kind of learned as well was if you are breeding within the same strain like it's a quicker process to to, to make a new strain right because it's there's a, there's a smaller pool of things to select from because you're already starting with a stable strain right if you're bringing in new traits from different genetics so if you want to take a purple cushion mash it with a northern lights number five <laughs> you know whatever the case i never want to do that until right now it's going to take longer for you to get a stable strain because you're introducing outside characteristics to another one do you know what right, i'm saying I see. Yeah. So, and then cool. uh, if you back cross as well, you can speed up the process of creating a stable strain. And all back crossing is is taking the offspring that have the the traits that um, are most desirable, taking those and back crossing them with the mothers and the fathers. So a little bit of cannabis uh, incest or whatever you want to call it. But yeah, that's exactly how they do it, and that's exactly how um, they identify the plants that they want to use for breeding and it's a big process um in some cases you have to do seven generations and seven back crosses before you get a stable strain and what a stable strain is is just basically they can sell that seed and say here's a pack of 10 you know of this pack of 10 there's probably five or six or four or five different phenotypes that you could get you know and that just means that for the most part they're going to exhibit most of the same so this is pache kush and uh so that's what i would have to do yeah and pache kush might have a few different phenotypes that rear its head Ooh, when it you would. buy a bag right so uh very interesting but you know it's all about the seed right the seed is what protects then the seed is what grows and the seed is what you know you can ship around the world and uh, and stuff like that because they last a uh, lot longer but that strain hunters they went around the world and they got all the original land race strains but for us growers messing around um, we can use a few tips and tricks at home to get our own seeds you know you may get a male plant or somebody may have a male plant or something you can actually take uh, some of the um, some of the pollen sacks and you can freeze them hey did you know that Pacha? it doesn't sound good you're freezing a sack <laughs> Yeah, you're basically freezing it, and then you can slice it open and oh. get some of the pollen out of the sack when you need it. Huh. Maybe you're, uh, you know, you need to, to to get some seeds or something, or you can't get clones where you're at, or whatever the case may be. But you can um, slice one open. You can take it out and thaw it out and slice it open and use a little paintbrush, and you get some of the pollen on the tip of the paintbrush, and you can go to a cannabis flower and actually paint some of the pollen onto the cannabis flower, and that flower alone provided you keep the pollen just on that one flower that one flower alone will be pollinated and the rest of the plant can still remain to be sensimelia hmm. so uh, i thought that was kind of um, k- kind of interesting uh, as well so um, you can take a whole bag of pollen and put it over a whole branch on a cannabis plant and pollinate the whole branch but uh, one thing it's important to know right is like on the end of that um paintbrush there's enough pollen one little dip in pollen on the end of a paintbrush is enough to do a whole plant so a dab will do you yep and then of course you know there's good seeds and bad seeds you know seeds need time to mature too right so if a plant gets if a plant gets pollinated too late your seeds will be just white tiny little 
tiny little white things, right? They won't have a germination rate that that's very good mm-hmm. at all, if anything at all, right? That can happen. That indi- indicates a problem late in the later stages of a fl- of a of a crop that was intended to be without seed. <laughs> Somebody messed up late and didn't catch it, but um, they need time, right? So you want these things to be, you know, week three week three week four at the latest your people are pollinating because you want to you, you want to give lots of time for those seeds to mature right Every, everybody's seen you know those seeds that you buy they're, they're beautiful right when you look at them very closely they got those beautiful lines Pache, the dark mm-hmm. lines that kind of you ever look at them up close uh not up super close all the button and now that you've sort of planted the seed in my head i uh because mm-hmm. i've got that little um, fifty to a thousand times magnifier, um, photo yeah. and video. Uh, so yeah, I think I'm, I'm going to go and uh, yeah, check yeah, it out because the, the most healthy seeds have the most defined lines and, and mm. stuff, right? That and they have little dots over them and stuff, right? And all that stuff means something when you're looking at the overall, um, you know health of a seed and uh, age of a seed as well great, so great just idea. Some, some points there but uh glad that you had a way to show us how we can get some free seeds right because that'll basically encourage you to try something else different that you may not have thought of before and everybody likes free stuff so thank you very much for that but uh cloning if you want to clone that's your thing if you want to get seeds that's your thing but the most important thing is is that you're growing and you're growing at home and doing something that you love and sharing it with us pache do you got anything else for this week uh not at all i just uh stay tuned another uh, another week maybe two and uh, i'll be switching to flower and so there'll be uh, a lot of exciting updates and we'll be getting more into when to prune uh i really like ray's sort of recipe um so we'll talk about that in future episodes. Uh, no, other than that, Ray, um, you know it's been a fantastic uh, week, and uh, I'm really looking forward to this week coming up. And uh, good luck with yeah. your uh, uh, redoing, man. Yeah, thanks. Are we doing something for Halloween or what? Oh yeah, Halloween, Halloween episode. Yes, let's do something. Mm-hmm. Um, you and I'll get together and we'll see what we're going to come up with. But it uh, could be something completely unconventional next week. We'll see what Pache has in store. I'll go as a cloudy as trichome. A you go as an amber trichome. Ooh, see, now oh. you're talking about Pache. Pache is a much better uh, Halloween enthusiast than, than I am. So you, you're driving next week. You just tell me what you need and we will pop something off for everybody. Once again, my name is and Ray. I'm Pache. And everybody have a fantastic week coming up. Bye, Jay. You You take care. Bye-bye. All right, bye.